Broadcasting from the Stolen Droids Hangout, it's the Stolen Droids Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Stolen Droids Podcast. I'm Jetlag. <laughs> and I'm not. Yes, I'm Zoner. Just kidding. I am Zoner, but I'm also Jetlag. And I'm Zook, just, but I'm actually rested. Yeah, just in case there was any confusion. So weird. It so, is. So weird. Difference doesn't seem like a lot. Oh, it's huge. But it's huge. It's huge, huge. I. It's a lot bigger than Donald Trump's hands. It's, it's just huge. Huge. So I used to have to travel to the the East Coast frequently for work, actually. It's a little less frequent now. And you know what always screwed me up the most? It wasn't necessarily that I was two hours off. It's that I just wasn't tired when it was time for bed, which yeah. meant I was up till, you know, 1 a.m. Yep. Yep. And then you wake up early because the sun's up. And yeah, the sun just needs to stay in bed a little longer. Yeah. Because that's how science works, I think. And, and I if, think and that's if, what it is. if it was 1 a.m. and I still had, you know, six hours to sleep, that'd be great. Except no, because in my mind, it, it just doesn't work that way. You know, no. maths. Stupid math. Gotta hate that. Right. Hey, uh, shout out to our friends over at trekradio.net, kryptonradio.com, radio KSCR, geek factor radio, and stitcher.com. And a huge shout out to our fans and our friends who I am sure as the time of this recording have all registered over at podcastawards.com and nominated us for technology. Right? Yes. Best tech podcast. Let's, let's hope y'all do it. Cause... I, cause this is the last week to do it. Yes, so be quick about it. Ballots closed July 31st at midnight. Um, and again, this is so much easier than it's been in years past, because you just have to nominate us once, and then that's it. Uh, in yeah. years past, I mean... It was uh, a daily grind is what it was. It really was, and I felt bad actually asking people over and over, hey, did you do this today? Did you do this today? It made me feel kind of cheap. Um and we don't have to do that anymore. So, yay. Like, no, double, it, triple, yay. Instead, we're just going to ask you to, you know, tell your friends, tell your family, have them go nominate us, and check us out at stolen, or excuse me, at patreon.com slash stolen droids. Yep. And support us there as well. Well, we have some, uh, some question. We have, we have a question from one of our uh, producers over there from Ruff, uh, along with the uh, co-producers, uh, Bruce and Zane. And he asks, uh, bah, early access is all well and good, but can I download, download this to my phone? Ruff. Um, we're working on it. We're, we, we are. Does it not save? To, I, I haven't tried it through the Patreon link because I'm not a I'm not a um, subscriber because I it, you can't you can't save it from the Patreon link. We're working on that. You can listen to it through the Patreon web app, but so tell us this: Would it be easier for us to like put it up on Google Drive or something for you guys to download, or or do you like to be able to stream it? So respond. Our, our supporters, go ahead and, and do that. We're new to this, too. So we're we're open to suggestions here. Yeah, whatever works for you guys. Because, you know, we want to make this easy for you because you guys are making our life awesome. Mm-hmm. And, and so we want to make yours awesome as well. Uh, new uh, other email from Ruff. Um, he says, I like how Albuquerque is spelt. Um, I don't because I had to write it many times. 
Yeah, that's that's talking about our episode uh, where we talked about driving through Albuquerque and what a hellhole that place is. Yes. Uh, he also says Zook's mum rocks. Yeah, she does most of the time. You does know. she know you? Or does he know her? No, but uh, remember she was making fun of me for being lazy with the uh, the water sensors in the grass. Oh, that, that's right. Yeah. That's right. So here's uh, a funny little fact. My mom's currently staying with me. She's uh, she's actually undergoing uh, full brain radiation uh, for her cancer treatment. And uh, that's not the interesting funny thing. The interesting funny thing is... <laughs> Wow, that got dark like quick. <laughs> well, you know, uh, the interesting funny thing is, is that um, in their warnings, you know, when they tell you, you know, make sure you don't eat this long before, make sure you wear something comfortable, blah, 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 all the different things. They point out not to put on anything on your head, like uh, an oil or ointment or lotion or anything, three hours before the procedure. It turns out things like sunscreen block the radiation. Really? Which when you really think about it makes perfect sense, but you would expect it to not work. You know what I'm saying? It's like, so you're telling me Bruce Banner, all he needed was like some SPF 300 and he could have like avoided the entire Hulk thing. I'm thinking you probably need something more like a SPF 3 million. Cause let's be honest, those gamma radiation rays that he took, they were, they were quite potent. Can you imagine if uh, he didn't get all the rays, if he was wearing sunscreen and, like, it only affected the area under his eyes and his nose and his chin where he forgot to put some? Or that's the only place where he did it and it embiggened everything else. You would not like to see his underside, the underside of his neck mad. (laughs) Talk about neck fat. (laughs) Okay, uh, that was random. Yeah, um, so I I got a follow up here. Did was there any other feedback? Uh, we do. We we have uh, um, uh, another one from Nathan Little. He says that uh, he's still on the run from the sprinkler system. Is there anyone willing to check on the pug? Uh, he, that's his dog. The uh, dude pug's dead. If the intelligence sprinkler system killed someone you knew, it's probably after the dog already. Probably. Um, uh, Joe over at KSCR was asking if we were going to Comic Con this weekend. I said, uh, one day we'll be big enough to head out there. And she says, you guys are big enough in my book, which, hey, pretty girl tells me that. Uh, that's my confidence boosted. Yeah, Joe is not a man, by the way. Yeah. So just for those of you listeners who are not familiar with Joe over at KSCR, Joe is Joe is a she, not a he. Uh, she is quite the she. Just saying. Well, it's because she's awesome and she likes us, so... I know. It takes very little to get onto my list. (laughs) She was nice to me once. And I just realized that just sounded like a total slap on her. It did. It did. I was trying to downplay that. He really doesn't mean it that way. Sorry, Joe. I didn't mean for that. It just came out kind of dickish. I'm jet lagged. Sorry. It's going to be a fun show. (laughs) So you said you had a follow-up. Yeah, you know how, uh, I, I think it's been a while since we've talked about it, but you know how for a while there, we were constantly talking about the Apple versus Samsung lawsuits, mm-hmm. and how Apple was pissed off that Samsung stole their design and was selling it as their own, and blah, blah, blah. We've talked about that ad nauseum. I don't even remember where that all ended up in the courts, but regardless, it, it was a thing. It, it was a legit thing. For those of you listeners who aren't familiar with it, um, 
Apple basically alleged that Samsung stole their design uh, for the Galaxy line of phones uh, to make them look more like an iPhone and sued the crap out of them. Um, I came to the conclusion this weekend, as I was on airplanes traveling back east and and sitting in conferences with people who weren't paying attention and instead they were looking at their phone, I came to the realization that it's very difficult to tell the difference between an iPhone and a Samsung device at this point in time. And I realized that really the only differences are the iPhone obviously has the round button where the Samsung has more of the elongated oval button. Right. Which is which is really the telling thing. But one thing else that I noticed, the iPhones, about 90% of them, which is a higher number than I had previously suspected, have a shattered screen. And I don't understand how many people can function with a phone that has a shattered screen like that. I know. I have no clue. I don't know if it's the way they... Oh, you know, you know what I wonder? Okay, so Apple has this really awesome coating on their phones. It's an oilophobic coating. Um, they were the first ones to come out with it, and I want to say it came out with the 3GS was the first one with it. It actively resists fingerprints, smudges, and body oils. But it wears out over time. Oh, sure. It, it, yeah, it does. But I wonder if it makes it slicker to hold. I wonder. I don't if, know. I'm I, I, I'm asking honestly here because you're right. I notice more shattered iPhone screens than than Android. I mean, like everybody that I sat next to, either in the airport or on a plane this weekend, that had an iPhone, the screen was shattered. I, I'm. How do you function like that? How do you not cut your fingers? Because I mean, that's a straight up hazard right there. I'll go one step further. Everyone I've ever met with a Windows phone, you know, all. 10 of them. Um, oh, that many, huh? Yeah. They're all in pristine condition. Like, is, is that because only like hardcore tech nerds bought them and we like to baby our. It's possible. It's also stuff. possible that they know that there's no replacement for it if they ever break it. That That's a good point right there. It's like, I only take this Ferrari out of the garage once every four years, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I hadn't considered that. Yeah. Um, all right. If you have feedback for us, let us know. Feedback at StolenDroids.com or give us a call 801-917-GEEK. Um, yeah. Still looking for input on smart sprinklers? Maybe not, since the only feedback we've been getting is that they'll go lawnmower man on you. Yeah. Well, you know, I, th- I, I'm... I'm leaning towards the Rockio, but I don't know. The rain meter, is it rain meter? That one's kind of got my interest now, too. So Rain machine. It, rain machine, yeah. If any of y'all have have feedback or experience with with smart sprinkler controllers, let me know. Send your feedback to feedback at StolenDroids.com. Cause we, we may just I, be so cutting edge that we'll have to end up buying one each and writing a review and providing it to everyone else. And that may be. Maybe I should contact the company and say, hey... I'm kind of a big deal. Uh, just ask Joe. She'll tell you. And maybe they'll give me one for review. That would be awesome. Well, hey, let's go for it. Yeah, I had to I had to back my Suburban out of the garage so that we could adjust the sprinkler. And I thought, you know, I'd really like to just do this from my phone. 
What, you have to do it in your garage like a peasant? I know. Freaking, yeah, freaking like peasant people over here. Plebeian? Is that yes, it? yes, that's the phrase. You are tired. Let's I, get I'm into. A, I'm a plebe. <laughs> oh, yuck. Let's get into our headlines. <laughs> so speaking of Apple, Apple and Qualcomm have been at each other's throats now for a little while. And uh, Apple specifically told some of their suppliers, some of their contractors, not to pay the licensing fee to Qualcomm that Qualcomm typically demands. Uh-huh. Qualcomm has then filed suit against Apple for that. And as a response, all the contractors have in turn separately filed suit against Qualcomm. On what grounds? That basically Qualcomm is shaking them down for money. Mafia style. Okay. Well, Qualcomm is the manufacturer for mobile chips. No, they're they? not anymore. They just own a couple patents. They've become the patent troll. Oh, okay. Because, you know, you always hear about the phone with the the Qualcomm whatever, or, and it's always a Qualcomm something. So, you know, they're they're kind of a big deal. But I didn't realize that they had just become the patent trolls out there. Mm-hmm. Now, it's uh, Foxconn's parent company, so Han High Precision, uh, the Winston Corp., uh, Compile Electronics, and Pegatron Corp. Uh, you will never hear of these ones, but rest assured, they make basically all the electronics you use. Uh-huh. Um, they, they, both, uh, they all allege that Qualcomm has violated two sections of the Sherman Act, which is U.S. antitrust law. So they're not even yeah. saying that it's they've violated Taiwanese law or South Korean law or Chinese law. They're saying, no, no, Qualcomm, based in the U.S., is violating U.S. trade law. Interesting. Um, the lawyer, the, uh, one of the main lawyers who represents all four companies, says, quote, Qualcomm has confirmed publicly that this lawsuit against our clients is intended to make a point about Apple and punish our clients for working with Apple. The companies are bringing their own claims and defenses against Qualcomm. End quote. When put like that, yeah, that's kind of shady. And they may have a bit of uh, backing here because Intel has entered the fray and publicly accused Qualcomm of trying to squash um, all competition in the mobile market. Isn't that the American way, though? Yeah. I mean, you look at places like Walmart, and for a while it was Microsoft. I mean, the Simpsons even made a joke when Homer founded a tech company and Bill Gates came to, quote, buy him out. I mean, trashed his office and, you know, straight on gangland style. Yeah. So this isn't unprecedented behavior from an Ameri- from a company here in the U.S., yeah. Uh, Intel says that uh, they are the only remaining competitor against Qualcomm in the U.S. And that this shakedown for money is really about them going after Intel. I'm not sure if I follow that logic. There may be something to it, but if there is, it's something more than what I can see from my standpoint. Yeah, this this will be interesting to see. Uh, you know, once you start throwing antitrust accusations out there, it's not long before the government has to get involved and be useful mm-hmm. in their eyes. 
And whether that means they break up Qualcomm, whether that means, you know, I, I don't know. But it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's going to play out very quickly, though. No. If anything has been any indication to us, any, I just said any so many times in the last 30 seconds. But hey, any word you want to use, go for it. Every time Apple is brought in and then Intel wades into the fray, it almost guarantees that just those two words is going to are going to extend the lawsuit out by another few years. Yeah, we'll be talking about this in in 2020. Yeah. Um moving on to Microsoft, they had a good quarter. Now, this is uh, unfortunately and I apologize, this is a uh um a Bloomberg article, which means there's an autoplay video and an ad block pop-up that only pops up sometime, strangely. But let's just give you the highlights. And they, and they give the highlights right here at the top of the article. Azure, their cloud computing platform, has almost doubled in sales. Office 365 revenue has risen 43%. Now, what it doesn't say in this particular article is that for the first time, Office 365 revenue has surpassed actual office revenue. They're making more money now on their cloud Office 365 than they do any more off of software sales for Office. Well, there's a lot to be said about that, too. I mean, we saw something similar with Adobe Mm -hmm. when they went to kind of their um, cloud subscription model. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. it, It makes a lot of sense from a lot of different standpoints. But I think one of the biggest ones is piracy. Mm, True. You can't pirate a subscription. (laughs) Or I guess you can, but it's not as, not as easy. Well, and, and that's probably what has been helping Microsoft too, which is why last week when we talked about the, uh, the Microsoft 365, where you could do the same thing for Windows as you were doing with Office, I think that's brilliant. It is. I mean, look, I, I don't mean to, to out myself necessarily. Uh, but back in the day, I didn't pay for Windows. I just back didn't. Back in the day, a lot of people didn't pay for the Windows. It was just so easy to crack. And it was so expensive. Exactly. But I paid for Windows 8 because I didn't want to have to go jump through the hoops anymore. I just wanted the system to work. And then they gave me Windows 10 for free. Yeah. And guess what now? I have none of my computers are running pirated software, not a single one, because it just works so much easier to acquire it the right way. They've made it so much easier to do that. And now you're telling me if I get a Windows 365 system, or sorry, Microsoft 365, then whichever computer it's on can have a fully updated version of Windows all the time and a fully updated version of Office all the time. Yeah, Why not? I'll Why do not? that. $5 a month? Okay. Yeah, you know, it's gotten to the point, too, where... And maybe it's just because we're older and wiser, or maybe it's because of the evolution of piracy and companies realizing that availability will help reduce the amount of piracy that takes place. But it's just a lot... Um, it's a lot easier to just be legit mm-hmm. than it is to try and pirate stuff nowadays. And I, I'm like you, my computers, I got Windows 7 
legitimately through school. Um, and then I got Windows 8 legitimately. And obviously Windows 10 was the free upgrade. So that's all legitimate. And it's just, it's a lot nicer not having to worry about this update breaking this functionality or, or right. whatever because you're using a pirated version. It, it's just a lot cleaner, a lot simpler. Um, now, breaking it down a bit more, Surface hardware slipped by 2%, which is funny because they then turn around saying, oh, well, that's better than we expected. Um, they were expecting fewer sales because people didn't want to buy the older aging Surface Pro hardware, and it wasn't quite yet back to school season. So for the fact that it only slipped by 2% is actually good. And they're attributing that to the improved Surface Pro that was released that I got, which I'll be honest is my go-to now for everything. I barely, this computer I'm sitting at right now, my desktop here at home, I barely, Uh I only sit here when I'm doing this podcast. My laptop, I don't even touch anymore. I just use the Surface. Interesting. Yeah, I pretty much... I pretty much just use my my desktop for for recording the show as well. Uh, now uh, again, Surface is not cheap, but that whole idea of the laptop killer—they may have done it. Uh, that being said, they're really not trying to get into the hardware. What they really want to do is go after Amazon and their AWS platform, mm-hmm. which we'll which get into everyone. Here in a bit. And everyone is on that. Everyone wants to do that. Um, and they are making some good headway. Currently, 40% of people say that it's their preferred system, Azure, not AWS, which is up 21% from only six months ago. So That's nice. So they've almost doubled their market share. Nice. Um, good for them. Yeah, they may be on the track to come back. I'm interested to see how this works out now because talk of a surface phone is still around. Uh, Xbox sales are still going, going strong. Like how are they going to try and build out this entire platform? Uh, One way that they're going to try and build it out is a new thermostat. This is pretty cool. They're they're going straight after Nest and uh, EcoBee and and Honeywell. On mm-hmm. this. Um, it's called Glass G L A S. It looks pretty. It I, is pretty. I, it's incredibly pretty. Um, it says it's um it's Cortana enabled. It's capable of monitoring the air quality, uh, detecting when you are in the room, um. All while, quote, intelligently changing settings to compensate, end quote. I don't know what that means. Because, uh, unfortunately, each smart thermostat claims that, and they all do it in a separate way. So yeah. I, I don't know what that actually means. I would also want to know more information, because, unfortunately, it, the whole idea of it tells when you're in the room is only good when, you know, you're in that room well and also how many people have their thermostat in the hallway and how many people just kind of lounge in the hallway yeah right that's i i'm trying to think and and i know it's not this way everywhere but it seems like every house i've lived in for the last 
15 years, 20 years, the thermostat's been in the hallway. Um, mine is in my front room, kind of the formal living room where no one sits. Uh, okay. But does get sun constantly through the day, which is why I've been looking at getting an Ecobee, because then I would put the, uh, the, the additional sensors that it has in other areas of the house. And there's yeah. no word if this would have anything like that. No, and that's a very attractive feature of the Ecobee. Uh, I kind of wish uh, I've got a nest and I got to be honest, I'm kind of, kind of over it. Mm -hmm. I'd like to try something different, but I'm not ready to make that leap yet. Yeah. No, I hear you. I hear you. Uh, can we talk about the funniest, coolest way anyone has ever gone after a foreign government's intelligence agency? Yes. So Russian, Russia has spies. Duh. They also have hacker spies. Also, duh. Um, these hackers messed with the 2016 elections. I think it's fairly safe to say we don't have to say alleged anymore. Um, and have been working on many other things. They're a real pain in the butt. And they typically target Windows. Um, people who have installed malware on Windows or haven't updated for a while. And they do it in a very, very benign kind of way. They buy these alias URLs, things like hot, um, what is it? Live Microsoft.net or RSS hotmail.com. And they then build software that looks to those, uh, domains and reports back to them and provides information. And if anyone ever sniffs their network, all they see is, Oh, there's all this, there's all this traffic going to Microsoft. It's quite effective. Yes. Well, it's almost impossible to shut down the services, to shut down the URLs, or to shut down the servers themselves, because typically they're rented from third parties in other countries, and that's assuming you can even get legal access to them anyway. So Microsoft has very quietly, over the past while, been suing each of these URLs in a U.S. federal court outside Washington, D.C., and has been winning the URLs away from the Russian hackers. So now, LiveMicrosoft.net is actually owned by Microsoft, and they redirect the domain to their secured servers. Nice. So, okay, that's great for them, because it means that they don't have to worry about these domain names pushing malware anymore. But, and here's where things get just diabolical. They are now receiving all the information that Russia was getting. They basically just hijacked Russia's entire spy network. Now, I know you're thinking, well, I don't want Microsoft getting that. I don't want anyone getting that information. But wouldn't it be nice to know what it is the the Russians are getting? And that's why they're doing this now. That is awesome. It's like, wow, Microsoft just... um went all NSA on them, went all CIA on them. Yeah, that that's really cool. And they've done this to over 70 websites. So it's not like they've just got two or three. That's 70 that they've that they've taken down and and taken control over. And yeah, that's that's pretty cool. And, and Fancy Bear, the company that kind of um 
orchestrates these is it, is that the word yeah uh, they've been i mean they've been doing cyber espionage for i i mean like 10 years they've gotten into nato obama's white house french tv stations i mean they've this is a, a pretty notorious group and i i guess they're the ones that are responsible as well for the dnc and the hillary clinton campaign hacks last year Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this is a kind of a, a big fish that Microsoft is helping to take down, which is pretty neat. Yeah. Um, what's really funny here, <laughs> I say funny, and I don't mean funny like the rest of this article is, funny in kind of a sad way, really. Uh, as part of this entire fight, Microsoft is asking the court to monitor indefinitely all of these sites and any new sites that come up. Now, Microsoft is willing to foot the bill for it, but they have a list of computer generated URLs that an algorithm has suggested are most likely to try and be registered by fancy bear. Even though they've never been registered yet, they're fairly confident these will come up like info, Microsoft center.com win newsmail.com and, and little things like that. It's a 9,000 entry list. Oh my goodness. So, um, they're putting a lot of work into this. They're in it for the long haul. They are. That's awesome. Good for Microsoft. Mm hmm. Um, where are we going? Where are we going? Um, oh, how about a hacker who managed to steal $31 million over the weekend? That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. It's a cryptocurrency called Ether. Um, it's from the uh, cloud computing platform known as Ethereum. It's a uh, offshoot of Bitcoin because, you know, they all are. And it is currently the second largest one in the world. How it works is kind of ingenious because instead of having to generate the uh, the blockchain locally on your own computer like Bitcoin did, instead, you do it uh, as part of a... Um, community computing project, kind of like folding at home used to do, or still does rather, uh, where you just install the client on your computer and your computer helps generate the blockchain and you get paid for it. If that makes sense. Okay. But it can be used to generate all sorts of different things to handle the, the huge problems, which is why developers and all sorts of people from different walks of life are really excited from Ethereum uh, and Ether, the cryptocurrency just kind of came about as a side effect. Well, the wallet that holds it had a glaring um, problem introduced by a developer that allowed someone to remotely factory reset the wallet allowing anyone else to come in take ownership of it and withdraw everything. And a hacker has done just that and stole $31 million worth of ether from people's wallets. Here's where things get really weird. (laughs) So the community that monitors this, um, just a bunch of people on the forums noticed this was happening and figured out how it was happening, but realized they couldn't do anything to, find the person or to figure out um, how to get that money back. So that $31 million is gone. Instead, they went and used the same exploit on all the other wallets and stole $150 million. 
So that's like saying, I know that these people have been robbing these, this bank. To make sure they can't rob anyone else, I'm going to first rob every other bank. Which is, that's really kind of cool. So yeah, they went in and they stole basically all the other money that was yeah, hun- vulnerable. $150 million is what they got. Now, these are white hat hackers. They let the people know, hey, by the way, we just emptied your wallet for this reason. We will get this back to you. And they have been getting it back to people. But it's just kind of, okay, uh, that's kind of interesting. So, the I mean, there's a lot of the stuff here. I mean, they've actually got a lot of the coding that was used. Yeah, and yeah. Well, this this article is from Free Code Camp, so that is kind of what. It yeah. This is this is right up their target audience's alley, the way that this was done. But it's interesting. They point out, you know, what does this mean for Ethereum? And the first thing they point out is that this was not a flaw in Ethereum or in smart contracts in general, but it was a developer error in a particular contract. So. Just because this one particular wallet had the issue doesn't mean everyone had the issue. It's not a problem with the currency. It's not a problem with, you know, the, the platform. It's, it's a problem with the, the wallet that was being used to house the currency, which I think is important because a lot of people, you know, if I'm looking at this and I think, Oh, well, Ethereum got hacked. All these people lost all their money. I'm done. I, I'm going to liquidate. I was lucky I didn't get my stuff stolen. That could, that could really, you know, hurt the, hurt the economy there in terms of the, of the, the, the cryptocurrency economy specifically. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So I, I think that that's interesting. Um, and it was just, just bad programming that led to it. Yeah. Well, and this article does point out that it's not necessarily bad programming, but the toolkit that the programmers use is flawed for allowing that coding to be put in. Yeah. So as Schmitty has told us this many times that uh, developers, you know, there will always be an error. There'll always be something that even isn't even an error. Sometimes it just simply has a vulnerability built into it. Um, and there's no way you're not going to have that. No, st- I mean, I was talking with uh, one of my neighbors today. He runs the IT department for a local school district. And he was saying how, you know, if there is a, if there is a will to figure something out and to hack something, somebody is going to find a way to do it. So no matter how secure you think your code is, there's going to be a vulnerability that somebody figures out how to exploit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that's just... I think I think they're starting to figure that out more and more. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think so. But yeah, this is interesting. I, I'm curious to see what this... What this does, this is a, a cryptocurrency that I'm not familiar with, although I barely understand Bitcoin. Um, <laughs> uh, I, well, I've been trying to wrap my head around that one for a couple of years now, and I barely understand it. 
And so you throw this one into the mix, and I, I don't really know much about it, but I, I'm interested to see if this affects the value one way or the other. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, okay, let's uh, let's move here into some other news. So, oh, I forgot to put this one into the show notes. Let's do it oh, now. Jeez, let's do it. Let's do it. So, and I'm the jet lagged one. I know. I know. I'm sorry. That's just shame on me. Shame on my ancestors. Shame on my cow. Um, Mulan reference, everyone. Yeah. People came out of the woodwork to accuse Verizon of capping their mobile data. Turns out they were having massive problems trying to stream YouTube, Netflix, and other such things. And when they tried to do it, it kept saying that it was maxing out at 10 megabits per second. And even then, not really loading different videos. Uh, it took a lot of uh, coaxing, but uh, Verizon uh, had to come clean and admit we weren't throttling, we weren't capping, we're very sorry, we were testing a new method of optimization and compression, and it didn't uh, didn't really work. Oops. That's that. Yeah, that's a problem. For a second, I I thought you said Comcast and not Verizon, and I got really excited when you said coaxing because I wanted to correct you to coaxing, but it didn't really work that way, and no. it was a lot funnier in my head. <laughs> so, what are they doing? Are are people? I mean, I I haven't read this obviously because it wasn't in the show notes, uh, but are people looking for some sort of uh, restitution or uh, not really um, or is this kind of just one of those oops we screwed up and we're going to move on and continue to charge you the same rate that we keep charging you? Eh, that's the yeah, the second one Verizon's even gone forth and said oh well no it really didn't uh, um, it really didn't affect anything and it shouldn't really affect video except it obviously does of course it doesn't affect anything cuz if they admit that it affects something then they've got to they've got to try and make that right. Right. Interesting. Good job. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um speaking of of companies screwing stuff up, I don't see this one in the in the headlines here in our show notes. But did you hear about the issue? I think it was with the OnePlus 3. The bug that they've got. I did not. You dial 911 and it turns off your phone. Yeah, that's a problem. And they came out and said, yeah, that is a problem. And we need to fix that. So we will fix that. But yeah, imagine calling 911 and having your phone turn off. I believe it was the OnePlus that had that happen. That's a real... <laughs> that, that's... Wow. Yeah, yeah, that's that's bad. You're like dying, and all of a sudden, yeah. Okay, so it was the One Plus Five. Sorry, One Plus Five, and that has gotten a soft, software update fixing the reboot bug that that was happening. Well, that's good. Yeah. Um, let's keep on talking about uh, smartphones here. Uh, this also isn't in the headlines, and it's not really worth uh, delving in too much. I don't think. 
but an invitation has gone out to industry insiders and reviewers uh, talking about an August 22nd news conference with Samsung talking about the new Note. Is it going to be the new Note, or is it going to be a refurbished, renamed Note 7? Uh, it's probably going to be a new Note. It's probably going to be the Note 8. Okay. Um, this could be exciting. I'm honestly surprised how well Samsung seems to have bounced back after the Note 7. You know, though, I mean, it was enough, and we talked about it potentially killing the Note line. So I'm a little surprised that they're coming out with the Note 8. But in hindsight, looking at the love that people have for that line of phones, it's not really surprising that, you know, having a bomb in your pocket didn't really discourage people from wanting another bomb in their pocket. <laughs> Interesting way of putting it. Um, I think it was wise of them to rush the S, the Galaxy S8 and S8 Plus release after the Note 7 fiasco. Uh-huh. Uh because it almost it almost made me forget about it. I love this S8. I have the S8 Plus and I love it. It's Yeah, I'm still rocking the S7, but it hasn't exploded on me yet, so I'm good. But you know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, oh, yeah. shiny object, shiny object, and you know what? It worked. Uh, I it, I it did. It totally worked. Everyone stopped talking about it because the S8 is all around a great phone. It is objectively a great phone. I'm not saying it's a perfect phone. I'm not saying it's the phone for you, but it is a great phone. Well, and that's the thing. If you're going to have a fiasco like that, you better bounce back with something strong. Because if you don't, that fiasco will always be there bringing you down. Case in point, when we first launched this podcast and Sony got hacked, do you remember that? Oh, yeah. And they bounced back, quote unquote, by... Offering you a limited use of three, your choice of three old games. And I was like, yeah, they, they started giving out freebies. It's like, oh, this game that everyone already owns and isn't even on this modern generation of console. You shouldn't have. Like, I mean, seriously, you shouldn't have. It was embarrassing. And even then you could only play it for like three months. Yeah. That's not the way to handle it. And that is that is a good example. In fact, that whole Sony hack was a good example of what not to do mm -hmm. in more ways than one. Uh, in talking about uh, more Galaxy stuff and Samsung stuff, uh, the Bixby assistant, the voice assistant, rolled live to uh, to S8 owners across the U.S. and North Korea. How are you liking that? Um, it is interesting. There are certain things it can't do that really kind of annoy me. Um, it can't track my packages, which I love. Um, Cortana can kind of do that, but not as well as Google Assistant still does. Uh-huh. It can identify everything except for the activation term. <laughs> like, the, uh, it, it, the way it could track my voice is so good. And it's so handy to be able to pull information, random information I can ask it about any time. So I, I was talking to it and I said, uh, what's the weather like where I am? And she said, okay, this is the weather. I'm like, great. What's it like at home? So that's a contextual, that, that's a smart conversation, right? 
uh-huh. because I'm not saying what is the temperature like at this location. I'm just saying, what's it like at home? And it gave me it. Um, how about tomorrow? And it knew that I meant at home the next day, still weather. I lost it when I then tried to take it one step further and said, and Friday, meaning the day after tomorrow, when I was asking it at that point, it, it was gone. I, I had so far removed it from the original question, uh, that I just did a web search for Friday. <laughs> but, it, but you know, it's like kind of at this point in the process, in this generation, that's not bad. No. I mean, anything contextual, that's that's pretty impressive, yeah. to me at least. Now, the problem it has, and this is a big one, is that it keeps popping up all the time. It th- Oh, really? It thinks I'm talking to it all the time. Middle of a game, middle of watching a video or Netflix. Um, it's not even me. My wife will be talking to me, and out of nowhere, Bixby thinks I'm talking to it. Like, it's 2 a.m., Nobody is speaking. Why are you speaking to me? Uh, it is kind of cool how it ties itself into the system now. I, I did. I just learned this this morning. Actually, I set myself an alarm, and uh, I can have the alarm be, you know, a tone or an MP3 or a built-in ringtone, or I can have the alarm be Bixby, telling me the time and the current weather. And oh, yep, man, it just activated. And that's me turning it back off. But, uh... Actually, we need to unlock the phone first. Quiet. You're embarrassing me, Bixby. <laughs> you know, with a name like Bixby, I would expect, like, a male voice. Yeah, you'd think that. But uh, studies have shown that people listen to a female voice more often. It's why the autopilot prompts on fighter jets are female. Yeah, that's that's true, but still... Bixbina, maybe? Uh-huh. Um, come, up, come up with a, a female name, because I don't associate Bixby as a as a female name. If you're going to have a female voice, that's just going to hurt my head every time I think about it. I, I will just say, um, it's starting to live up to some of the promises that Samsung made. I don't know if it's enough yet to kill the other ones that I currently use, but like I said, I, I still currently have three different uh, smart assistants on there and a fourth one will be coming out uh, switching gears slightly Amazon has announced that they will be bringing Alexa to the Amazon app on Android right I think I know where you're going with this so if you're going to use it does that mean you need to have Amazon app running all the time. Even worse is the fact that Amazon apps on Android are problematic because you can't get them through the Google Play Store. No, because they violate the Play Store terms of service. Right. Like trying to update my Amazon video is a pain on my phone. It's a huge pain because I have to get it through the Amazon app store. Yeah. It's just, it's nuts. So trying to have a third-party app installed through a third-party app be given root access. I shouldn't say root. That's not quite. But, you know, unfettered administrative access or accessibility. That's the term. Accessibility access to the Android phone while potentially competing against the built-in Google Assistant. Uh, I 
I see nothing good coming from this. And I, I feel bad saying that because I feel like it wasn't that long ago where I was criticizing Amazon for not bringing it to the app. Yeah, I, yeah, I think it would be nice. The thing I, I really want is for Google to allow assistants like, um, Cortana to have a little bit more access. And I really, I, that, that's why I don't use Cortana because I can't, I can't access it like I can Google Assistant. And I understand why Google does it, but I, I think it's going to hurt stuff mm-hmm. ultimately for adoption primarily. No, I see that. I see that. Um, last bit of Android phone news, and this is a rumor, um, but Razer, the, you know, the people who make the annoying looking mice and gaming keyboards and headsets and game controllers are looking at making a dedicated smartphone for hardcore gamers. Cause that worked so well for Nokia when they made the N gauge. And see, when I think of, of hardcore gamers, I don't think of somebody sitting down and playing uh, candy crush, candy crush or angry birds. I just, I, that's not a hardcore gamer to me. That's somebody who may have a problem, but they're not a hardcore gamer. So I find that interesting that they're, they're trying that. I guess we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Um, where are we? I've lost our place. Oh, so switching back a bit to Azure Computing and AWS, GoDaddy, it turns out, was actually trying to get in on that as well. And it went about as well as you'd expect. They've already sold it off. I On the plus side, they did get $456 million out of it. Why were they even thinking they could do this? Because they're a crappy web hosting company. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> This is this reminds me of back in the days, uh, like the '80s. Okay, when Eddie Murphy came out with the song "Party All the Time." Hey, but his girl wants to party all the time. Party all the time, and he needed to let us know that she wanted to party all the time. Party all the time, uh, but so <laughs> it, it's like the ultimate act of hubris. Hey, I'm a big star. I was on Saturday Night Live. I have a great stand-up act. I'm in a couple movies. I need a I need a hip hop song or a pop song. Yeah. It's almost expected now. And I, I feel it's kind of the same way with GoDaddy. Hey, we're a mediocre hosting company with good brand recognition. Of course we need to get into uh, cloud computing. No. No, you really don't. See, when do you think of GoDaddy though? I mean, the only time they come up is really around Super Bowl time because they have overly sexualized commercials that they pay a crap ton for. Right. I, I, the only time I think about GoDaddy is when our renewal comes up because our, our domain name is registered through them, but not hosted with them. Um, and whenever I hear the name Danica Patrick. Yeah. And that's it. Uh, I mean, they're, they're just, they spend a lot of money. 
but they don't really give the good return on the investment that you're hoping for. Nope. But you're right. They do have the brand recognition, which I guess in this day and age is really all that's important anymore. And frankly, if it used to be back in the day, if you wanted a domain name, you had to kind of pick a registrar that you thought was may stick around for a while. And most of the time you were wrong. (laughs) Nine, Nine times out of 10, you were wrong. GoDaddy has been around long enough that, I mean, they do have that going for them. If you want to just pick up a domain name and do nothing but sit on it for eight bucks a year, go to GoDaddy. Yeah. Yeah, true. So, I mean, they got that going for them. Um, we're wrapping up on time here. Wired has an interesting um, novel because Wired doesn't do anything short. Tur- turns out Google Glass is still around. Which is fascinating because I thought it was just done i thought it was just done too google was very very hush hush about it but it turns out there's an enterprise edition that's meant specifically for workforces it's not cheap but it's shaped differently they won't even allow people to take a picture of it they don't leave the factory floor and you did hear me right factory um wired went inside a business that builds tractor trailers and farm equipment and they use their Google Glass to double-check seams, to look up specifications, to look up instruction manuals. It means that people don't have to be on the job for three years to be trained. They can do it now in like a week. Uh-huh. And they can go over, okay, how does this part go in? And they can swipe it up and pull it up on right there on the Google Glass and then say, okay, proceed, and it moves on to the next step. And it's kind of ingenious kind of what we always expected it to be like uh-huh. but with any without any of that commercial crap it's a long read but it's i think it's worth it it's worth checking out yeah most stuff over there is is a long read mm-hmm. <laughs> i i used to i used to visit there quite a bit and then i realized i just don't have time for for a 20 minute read Ain't no one got time day. for that they they really don't. If I can't read it while I'm on the toilet, it's not going to get read. Mm-hmm. Uh, and finally, um, that rumored box from Atari has now been announced. Kind of. It's called the Atari box. That That's a um, clever naming right there. It looks like a wet dream between... Um, a Zack Snyder movie and a 1980s Atari console. Yeah, it reminds me. There's definitely uh, Atari 2600 elements there, with the wood paneling in the front and yeah, yeah. I think it's I I like that. Um, they're they're still not really disclosing what the crap it does. So, thanks for that. But we do know that Atari is coming out with a with a console. So, so that's there. Speaking of these retro consoles, uh, did you see anything about the SNES Classic pre-orders becoming available uh, in the U.S. the other day? I did not know. Uh, they were apparently available for all of about twelve minutes from different vendors. And it's funny because when I said that that was going to happen, or when I thought it did happen, everyone said I was nuts. 
Uh, well, everybody thought that Nintendo learned from their mistake, and maybe it's just that the vendors haven't learned yet, or I don't know, but this is going to be a difficult one to get, I think, mm-hmm. because it is arguably the best console ever made, and if you disagree, I will fight you. N64 was better. Nope. I disagree. We we will fight next time we see over N64 this was so much better. And the original PlayStation. See, I, I'm a I'm an SNES guy all the way. And even the Genesis so, took it to the next level. So now we have to fight. I'm sorry it's come to this. Cue the amok time. Um, <laughs> so into our favorites. And my favorite's a bit of a cop-out. We've talked about in years past how San Diego Comic-Con... Uh, certain ones have come and gone, or it's like, oh, well, nothing really happened. Okay. That was nice. That has not been the case this year. No. They, um, I think have announced officially now all the things. Um, so my favorite is most of SDCC, all except for that annoying gag order that we're not allowed to talk about. Um, wusses um the lawsuit between them and salt lake comic-con yeah um they're just so whiny about it whiny little bullies um but i'm going to focus primarily on the justice trailer the justice league trailer yeah not the justice trailer that that's a good trailer it's a really good trailer um i went and saw wonder woman again for the second time um uh, I took my entire family to it, and uh, it stood up just as well the second time as I as when I saw it the first time. Certain parts were better. Um, if they can do anything like that for Justice League, I'm going to be one happy boy. Um, so I'm really hoping, but the trailer looked like a lot of fun. Yeah. You know, I'll enjoy it, but I liked the previous DC movies. You also liked the SNES because it's the best console ever. T- ever. Time to get wrecked, man. It's oh, on. Jeez. We're going to have to fight. You're going to have to like I I'm going to I'm going to like break you so bad it's going to bring shame on your family for generations. We're going to we're going to rumble like Buck Bumble. <laughs> but yeah, we actually have the Justice League trailer up on our site. Uh so go check it out at stolendroids.com. Uh, it's there for your viewing enjoyment. My favorite is another trailer that we have uh, up on our site. I don't think we do anymore. I think I got taken down. Did it? I, I know it's been taken down a couple times. So I know that Colin, though, is trying to keep a link updated with where you can see the Avengers Infinity War trailer. Um, some footage leaked. The trailer leaked. And Marvel does not want this out. So they keep taking it down. So... Uh, check it out. Uh, we'll try and keep the links updated on StolenDroids.com with where you can find it. But wow, this looks like it's going to be a fun movie. I mean, it starts off with with the Guardians of the Galaxy basically running into Thor with their ship, and it's it just gets better from there. So it's going to be fun. Indeed. And when I say running into, like. It, it's like an auto-pedestrian accident. Like he's stuck on the windshield. Yes, he's on the windshield. And, it is awesome. And Rocket's kind of freaking out. As as one would. You know, you're flying through space. All of a sudden, there's a man on your windshield. What the heck? Mm-hmm. 
Get it off. So that is our episode this week. Again, head on over to podcastawards.com. Register. Do it for me. Do it for Zoner. Do it for our children. They're going hungry. I'm joking. Not really. But please do it anyway. This week is the last week you can do it. Um, again, we are going for Best Tech Podcast. We'd appreciate your nomination. Uh, until next time, cheers. Good day. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.